Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where we're going to be speaking with Angelo Celli from one of my absolute favorite punk bands of all time, Bracket. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool, it's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. I'm incredibly excited today as I get to speak to Angelo from Bracket about how things have been cracking on in the California punk rock scene for about the last 20 years or so, uh, and to dig deeper into his mind than possibly anyone ever has before. So, ooh, welcome to the show, Angelo. Whoa. Get ready for that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, well, obviously, you've been a long member and, and guitar player with the band Bracket, and so it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today in honor of mine personally, because I've been rocking out to your guys' music since I was like a sophomore in high school. Uh, that was actually, I think, I, even just shortly before you joined the band when they started doing those fat music uh, compilation albums and, and they put yeah. Bracket on a couple of those. But, uh, you know, obviously some of my favorite albums have been featuring you as well. So I want to thank you for, you know, entertaining me on road trips, getting me pumped for work and for workouts and basically being a part of my life for the last 20 years or so. So thanks for the great music. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for appreciating it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh... We've been we've been doing it a long time. Not that you're yeah. old, but uh, and not that we are either. But uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having me for sure. Yeah. So before we dig into some of the questions I want to get to today, I'd really mm -hmm. like to just kind of for you to just give us your backstory. Uh, maybe explain how you became a musician in the first place. Kind of how the decision was made to bring you in uh, to replace Larry uh, in bracket, obviously. Yeah. And how your longevity in one of the longer running active punk bands has made you the man and the musician you are now um yeah no it's a it's a long boring story i'll and i'm really good at doing that uh telling those so i'll try to be uh succinct but um i uh so uh, marty in the band is my older cousin and uh so from a young age i looked up to him i mean before before bracket was bracket it was marty and his friends Larry, Zach, and Ray, and uh, they were teenagers, and they all, you know, played music, and um, and I just thought they were cool older kids, you know, that um, that I looked up to. For, like I said, when I was like, I I think I wanted to play guitar because my big cousin Marty played guitar. So yeah. um, so when they and they started um, playing as playing like like covers of uh i don't know old classic rock stuff you know they were they were like in middle school i think and um and i sort of learned how to play guitar uh on my own and with a my parents hired a guitar teacher and i was like 10 11 maybe um but i never really learned how to play music the way that he was an awesome guy and he still is he's still around um but uh but i ended up just wanting to um, emulate my <laughs> my older cousin and his buddies in um, what they were back then called high output. And um, and so f fast forward a few years, I uh, I was in high school and I got a four track, um, you know, whatever those are, those little four track recorder things. Yeah. And I started <laughs> recording cover songs of Bracket uh, in my bedroom um, because not only so they were they were cool to me when I was a little kid, but then when they were they were bracket and they were touring and they were um, you know playing some music that was new and different to me. Uh, so yeah, see, I told you this is not gonna. Uh, I I can go on and on. Um, <laughs> so so then let's fast forward again because we can't be here all day. Uh, I was. For a very brief period of, of my life, I was going to a gym, um, if you can believe that. And um, and Marty also, uh, he probably stuck with it longer than I did. So 
we'll say he was probably at the gym twice a day. Um, I ran into him and, and, you know, we, we stayed in touch, but they were, they were putting out records on fat and, um, you know, going on tour and coming back. And I didn't see him a whole lot, but we ran into each other at the gym one day in, uh, in Santa Rosa near like in Sonoma County where we live. And he, he didn't really go into detail, but he said, um, that Larry, uh, sort of like without making a real announcement kind of wasn't playing with them right now. They didn't know what was going to be happening, but, um, but, they wanted to keep going as a band and they weren't sure what his plans were. He just sort of, um, I think he, uh, like stayed, they were on tour and he stayed in one of the towns that they were touring in or something. I should know the story better, but I, I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Anyway, he just asked if I wanted to, um, try playing with them, you know, maybe just temporarily or whatever, um, because he had heard all my <laughs> embarrassing, uh, four track, covers of bracket songs and uh, so that basically it that it just it went from there i got together with them it was surreal playing with um with you know guys that i looked up to from the time i was a kid and um and then was you know fascinated with the music that they were putting out as bracket um yeah. and but i knew i play a lot of the songs because because of that same reason so it it just kind of worked out so i feel super you know lucky and appreciative and i'm not sure how that all worked out that way but larry never really came back um and the rest is uh uh coming for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah the fire truck's coming for me um (laughs) So, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how I started playing with them. And, um, that was, I think it was in 1998. So it's been more than 20 years, which is crazy to say. Um, and, uh, yeah, without, did I answer the question? I think I did. And then some, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's funny because, you know, when, when band members leave bands, there's usually kind of like a vetting out process. It kind of seems like you kind of were like close enough to be like, Hey, you know, we know that you know our stuff. So I'm surprised they didn't make you do like some like weird audition where you had to like stand up in front of like a, the band and play naked or any sort of <laughs> hazing method or something. Oh, it was, it was a hazing enough to just, you know, I, I mean, I can't quite remember, but I remember just the thought of driving over there. And I mean, I knew them for many years, but, um, but not knowing really what that, what was, how it was going to turn out. And, um, and honestly, I had, I was like 19 or so, 18 or 19. And I had never played with anybody. I had, yeah. I was just, I sat in my bedroom playing music and recording stuff by myself. So not only had I never played in a band, um, what did I think I was doing trying to join Bracket, you know, mm-hmm. but, but it all worked out. And so, it, yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking, even though they were always, you know, patient and kind and excited to um to see where we went after that and um and and i think somehow we all got lucky enough that um that we all progressed together obviously became part of the i mean i marty's my family anyway but we we're best friends and family and um and i think we evolved musically together and uh i definitely don't think i personally took us in any direction that we wouldn't have gone in but i do think that marty and i um like kind of played off each other as as i got more comfortable in the band and got more comfortable in my own you know like maybe not necessarily songwriting but um ideas for music and and influences that we both started to share so it kind of took the band in a different direction and um while we've disappointed a lot of people for the last 20 years not touring, <laughs> it's not, I swear, everybody, I'm going to make this statement. It's not, it's not just my fault. It's not when Angelo joined the band, they stopped touring. It was just sort of a coincidence. So <laughs> we have continued to record and make music that we are, um, you know, really proud of. And, and we've played a few shows every few years. And that's probably the most that we're, that anybody's going to get out of us. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
Well, cool. I mean, I think the the evolution of the music is one thing that I would definitely want to talk about. And uh, I think that uh, we can get into that a little bit more in just a second. But I think even the the fact that, you know, obviously Marty was always like the kind of the, the front man, lead singer. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't have the liner notes of every single song or anything, but I believe on the last album, um, Too, Too Old to Die Young, didn't you actually sing a couple of those songs, lead vocals? Um, yeah. And let's see, two or I can't remember. There's two or three songs that I sang and and Zach um, sang lead vocals on one of the songs, too. And um, and yeah, that was also like part of the. Uh, keep using the word evolution, I think, but, you know, just the progression of um, how we, the process of making Too Old to Die Young was different than it had been in the past. And some of that was just a natural progression of, you know, what we wanted to do at that time. And, and it also just, we just kind of came at recording, I mean, uh, writing and, and coming up with the songs for that in a different way, which then lent itself to uh, having whoever came up with the song um, sing it. And yeah. Marty, you know, like Marty has like the, he has a negative ego. Like he, he, he was the one that was pushing us to sing the songs that we wrote. Um, and he wouldn't let us back out of it. You know, we were both saying, no, 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 you do it. You're the singer, you know, but <laughs> um, no, he's, he's always been, you know, I, we all know he is a gifted musician and songwriter and I've looked up to him in both of those aspects for, you know, a large chunk of my life, um, both as a fan of the band and um, as a member of the band. But, um, but he has, he's just always been very, um, what's the word? Like not only supportive, but wanting us to, to, to be more a part of it and um, not wanting any sort of um spotlight i guess so it's yeah. uh it's definitely pushed the rest of us to feel a little more comfortable even though like I, my biggest thing with him was there some of my favorite bands i mean beatles excluded when another member sings a song it's always like it it's not my favorite thing but um but he didn't well the one good up. thing is you have you guys all have complimentary vocal like harmonies with each other so it's not even yeah. that noticeable that it's like, oh, that's not Marty right. anymore. It's just it's just slightly <laughs> different enough to be like, oh wait, that is somebody else singing that song. That's that's actually yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, no, it. I mean, I'm happy with how it turned out, and um, and it was fun to do something different. And and it's true, like you said, we. I don't think there's many songs in <laughs> since I joined the band uh, on any of the records that don't have all of us singing you know for yeah. for the most part um we're we're all singing harmonies on the songs even if marty's singing the lead vocals so yeah. so i think it is just it all kind of blends together anyway um yeah <laughs> yeah now i, I kind of consider bracket to be like a punk rock pioneer band i know it's you probably had that same feeling when you were kind of growing up like you know there's like yeah. no effects and lag wagon and screech and weasel all these guys out there um you, you kind of touched on it like joining a band like that 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 was kind of getting some notoriety you ever look at that and just like think like man what the heck like what kind of what did i get myself into there this is a crazy ride and then also can you give us some, yeah. some insight as to what the ride's like now you got like family kids back problems i don't know yeah all of the above <laughs> uh, yeah i could definitely like you know you get caught up in just that's this is just what it's been for 20 something years but but even now i will think think back to you know my myself back then or or whatever and um first of all the funny thing is i discovered all those fat bands because of being a bracket fan and so um it was like bracket which is this is probably backwards for most people bracket was yeah. the was the gateway <laughs> drug to uh to no effects and and lag wagon and all those fat bands and um and that was just because i was always interested in what and what marty and them were doing and so uh it's it's just kind of a funny perspective to say that uh listening to bracket got me into punk and then somehow i got to be a part of the band so yeah. um and then and then coming full not necessarily full, full circle but uh 
I remember the first time, you know, meeting Fat Mike and talking to him and I, it just was surreal because it was like, okay, I joined Bracket and now I'm sitting here talking to the lead singer of No Effects who I was listening to and, you know, in high school. And it was just, uh, yeah, I, I was lucky. I had, I had a connection that, um, that, and an opportunity that not a lot of people get to have. And some would say it's a, it's a curse rather than an opportunity, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, as far as now, yeah. Um, I mean, a, a lot could be said about what we're up to now, not that we're doing tons of things, but, um, but all of us, you know, as you can imagine, you, as time goes on, we're, uh, we have families and jobs and, um, responsibilities that are mostly good, but, you know, also just get in the way of, or complicate, um, the ability to, uh, to do stuff as much as we'd like to, not to mention all the things that this whole world is experiencing the last yeah. couple of years, but, um, I mean, you couldn't have toured last year, even if you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So in some ways, not to make light of all the terrible things that we have all uh, experienced, but um, I was thinking about it the other day. It's kind of like the current situation kind of matches what Brackett's been willing to do uh, for many years. So we, it's just like the whole world had to slow down to, to match up with what, uh, what we could pull off. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm joking obviously, but uh, yeah, we, we played much, uh, much planning and forethought and all of that went into two shows that we played in February of last year. Um, so we just made it by the skin of our teeth or whatever that saying is. Um, because I, I think as we were playing those two shows mid February, we were just starting to hear about COVID things, but it, it seemed like, you know, something that wasn't going to be what it ended up being. Um, so I think if we would have delayed those, those two shows anymore it may have been uh, another decade before we got out <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah so we all yes we have families and kids and jobs and um sore backs and uh <laughs> and yet still you know love we still have a lot of uh we love playing music and we are proud of what we've done and hope to um keep doing stuff in some some way yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I really wanted to start doing this podcast, because I actually had a son this year, uh, he's seven and a half months old. And uh, I really want to introduce him at some point to all the awesome bands that I listened to growing up. And he can go watch this and be like, oh, shit, I really like Bracket. They're freaking awesome. This is a band that my dad was listening to all these years or whatever. And, you know, speaking of that, my favorite Bracket album is actually the first album you were on, which was When All Else Fails, um, yeah. which a friend of mine saw on a record store shelf and bought it for me because he knew how much I like Bracket. And it was probably like the best offhand gift I'd ever received. I was like, you bought me this album? Like, that's cool. Like, thanks. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> and it had awesome songs. Like, everyone is telling me I'll never win if I fall in love with a girl from Marin, Yoko yeah. Ono, and No Brainer, and Cynically Depressed. I'm like, these are great, these great songs. And I'd say some of those songs should be in some sort of like punk rock hall of fame. So I got to ask you, like, what was the experience like going into that album? What kind of mindset did you have? Were you just like, what the heck am I doing here? Or were you like, oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Making When All Else Fails was, I just look back very fondly at that, uh, on that time because um, it was all really new. It was the first time I had ever been in a studio. Um, I think that we had been in the studio. I, I, we recorded one or two things, like one-off songs, um, maybe a few months after I joined the band. But When All Else Fails was very different and exciting for me um because it was it was a full album and we were like we took we all took two weeks off of work and um and that was all brand new i'd never done that and and also we had been playing learning and playing those songs that marty had written for months and months and uh so it was all like the first for me it was hearing these songs playing in a room and then getting to record them and work with Ryan Green at Motor Studios and um, and then seeing it seeing it to the end where it was mixed and released and, and stuff. So um, it's 
Marty will very publicly uh, admit that that's not his favorite record of ours. Yeah, um, which I, I I saw something about that, how he was disappointed because he wanted more harmonies and stuff to go into. And I'm like, it sounds absolutely flawless, in my opinion. Like, I think he's just being overly uh, analytical. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, that's that's kind of. That's the way that he feels about our music. You know, I think he he is. Um, yeah overly analytical but um a lot of people liked it and um and a lot of people still do like it and whether i think it's our best batch of songs or not doesn't matter because to me it, it was just it was a I, there's a song called a place in time right so that that album just holds a special i'm gonna roll up my window um a special place in time, if you will, for me, um, because I can listen to that and think back on all those experiences that were brand new and exciting for me. Um, yeah. And That's I can awesome, probably yeah. say that about every album that we've recorded for different reasons. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, being like, obviously, we'll get into it a little bit in a second, but you guys have your own record label now, or I should say your own recording studio now, and some other yeah. things that go into it. So you can put your time into it, right? Um, but before I get into that, the one the one thing I want to speak about is I think that Bracket has a very unique sound. Uh, I think it's one of the most defining things about Bracket. And it's like you guys kind of have harmonies and melodies vocally, but then you also kind of like throw in these out of the ordinary chord progressions with like fifths and seventh chords and stuff like that to kind of take away that kind of pop sound and make it more a bit yeah. more melancholy. I mean, is that uh -huh. deliberate or is that just kind of the natural way you guys have always played? Um, yeah, I mean... I I, I guess it would, my, the best answer I could give you is it's probably a little of both of those things. Um, deliberate because it's interesting to, to us. Yeah. It just, uh, we, we like the way that it sounds to, um, to, it just makes the, it makes the song more complex and interesting to us. And, you know, we obviously hear that and appreciate that, um, in other songwriters and um it's just something that i mean i i learned a lot of weird chords from playing with marty and yeah. and i think his songwriting has been influential on on me for sure and um and yeah i guess i guess the point i was trying to make i don't know if it made sense but um but having you could have the same melody uh in one song and um playing more kind of predictable chords and that same melody might take on a totally different sound or like you said, a melancholy feeling or whatever. Um, when you, uh, when you throw in a, a weird chord, which yeah. we like to do as you, as you can tell. And thanks yeah. for hearing that and appreciating that. Cause that's definitely what, it's definitely what that's one of the things that is um, exciting and challenging about, about what we try to do. Yeah, and I, I think it's awesome because I think it's the very first thing that I saw, I heard about it. I was like, well, that you'd expect like a, a C major to come in here and it's not, it's something totally different. I'm like, well, that just yeah. flattened out and it brought a whole different kind of sound to it. So it's pretty cool to see right. that and, and hear that and especially keep that consistently through the years. I mean, most bands, you know, they'll, they'll throw in one song like that and be like, well, that's our experimental song, right? And then you guys <laughs> are just like, that's us. That's our sound for the whole time. So it's been pretty awesome to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice when uh, I mean, it's funny because we'll get different reactions to that aspect of our music um, and everyone kind of says it in a different way. But but we all know what they're talking about. You know, they'll say like that chord just sounds wrong, but it's kind of OK or yeah. you know, or whatever. And and honestly, there have been times where we've had to listen to things a few times to make sure. Is that weird or is that just wrong? You know, whether it's talking about a weird harmony or a weird chord, but um, yeah. But I think we don't mind kind of skirting the edge of wrong if we're getting to do something that's that's interesting or challenging to us and probably to our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been awesome. Now, if the Thank Instagram you. teasers can be believed, uh, you guys have mm -hmm. a new album in the works, right? Uh, so can you give us any information or, or give us a sneak peek of how that's going when you expect to maybe have that finished or like the songwriting yeah. process so far. Well, maybe, I mean, I, I'll be kind of cryptic because so <laughs> I, 
we we have to be careful saying we're working on a new album because you know for some bands that means the the album will be done in two weeks and it'll yeah. be out in three three months and um so we like people to know that we're not completely giving up on all of this but but saying that we're working on it doesn't mean we're sitting in the studio every day yeah. um but yes we do have um I think we have like 12 or 13 songs that are uh, written, you know, like um, lyrics and um, vocal melodies and chords. And um, and we have demos of them recorded, which is really just um, just a click track and, and guitars. Uh, and and then, that's a way um, to practice the song usually for the whole band, right? Yeah, yeah. And... Um, and uh, the next step. So obviously, we're going to do this in a similar way that than as we have for the uh, last few, which is so um, our drummer lives a few states away in Colorado, Ray. And uh, so once we've got um, all the songs kind of ironed out and know exactly how we want the chords and the uh, and the bass, the bass and the guitar to to go, we'll have kind of rough tracks of those with a click track and then we'll send it to ray um send those to ray and just kind of let him mess around with it and then book some time for him to come out and record drums and then we will you know slowly uh re-record everything yeah to our to our actual standards and because right now it's like i have a a little effects pedal and um i'm just recording guitar straight into i have pro a laptop and yeah. pro tools and um and then just have the click on and then uh so when zach and i have been getting together uh he's which is it's just you know like like i said it's not it's it's um we're going at our own pace which may even be slower than our usual pace but um <laughs> but part of that is not to not to sidetrack but um Zach is playing in another band um, that is probably currently more active than Bracket. Um, they actually had a show scheduled for the end of last month that had to be postponed because of tricky COVID regulations and things, making sure everybody was safe. But um, so he's playing in a band called Here Comes the Comet, and uh, they're recording an album. And I think they're a lot closer to being done with their record than Bracket. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's he keeps busy with that and uh and i started a band with uh, a couple of people and we've also got some things cooking up in in that direction um so uh, What's that nothing band called? No, uh, guilty party guilty party yeah um nothing nothing really is on the back burner we're just kind of keeping a lot of we're just kind of everything's at a simmer right now. Yeah. Um, although even though I would say Zach's band, like I said, is is probably a little a few steps ahead of everybody else of as in our little camp. Um, but Guilty Party was something that uh, came out of playing. Probably probably um, initially came out of playing the last show that we played in uh, on Valentine's Day last year. We um, we kind of decided what bands we were going to ask to play with us because it's so infrequent that we play i think be, the last time we played a show was the fat 25th anniversary in like 2015. yeah um so uh we just figured we would ask some bands that we admired and we thought might be able to first of all would be into playing with us and and might be able to um play where we wanted to play which was in santa rosa and san francisco two nights in a row so anyway uh luckily we got uh we got a few bands that we were fans of to play with us and that was it was fun because it was kind of like there they were all bands that we were fans of and luckily we're they wanted they were able to um make the arrangements to to play with us including mercy music uh one of my favorite bands that uh came all the way from Las Vegas to play two shows with us in Sonoma County and, um, and, and, uh, in San Francisco. Anyway, I got off track there. So we played with toy guitar, another, uh, one of our favorite fat bands and, um, 
I struck up a friendship with Rosie, their drummer, uh, just kind of, you know, we talked a couple of times uh, getting, you know, preparation for our, <laughs> our one night tour uh, or two day tour. And um, a few months into the pandemic, uh, we were talking about music and feeling stagnant and not knowing what to do. And uh, I, I said, I have some songs that aren't really bracket songs, but um, it basically, we just decided to give it a shot, kind of a from home pandemic um, collaboration thing. And, nice. and it, um, we stayed in touch and I kept sending her song ideas and she wrote some lyrics and came up with some song ideas. And uh, we, we got together, um, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And uh, we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be a fun thing to, to play with some different people, just a different experience. Um, similar music for sure. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, if you like, if you like bracket or toy guitar, um, I think that um, I think that people will be into it uh, once we really get out there. We had our first show scheduled and it was, it had to be canceled because unfortunately Rosie, the drummer um, broke her arm and <laughs> she is healing. And you saying she can't do the old Def Leppard thing. Well, I didn't, I, you know what? I didn't ask her. I didn't want to put too much pressure on her. Um, we had such momentum, you know, one practice and a show ready to go. And, uh, but that's okay. Cause you know, we're all busy too. So it was just like, okay, well then we'll, we'll take, give you some time to heal and we'll, we'll, um, pick back up where we left off. Um, but yeah, we have plans to record at least an EP sometime soon. And, um, uh, her friend Rob um, plays bass. He's been in a couple of bands. Uh, oh no, they're, the names are escaping me. I think Long Knives. Um, but uh, I, literally, I literally met him on the first day of our first practice and we just all clicked really well. And um, nice. so it's fun. It's fun to have something, something else. And, um, and yeah, oh, so Rosie gets her cast off Friday. So. Nice. We're going to make some plans for later this year. So watch out. Excellent. I actually um, wanted to bring up some of the yeah. soul stuff you've been doing anyway. So it's good that you brought up the side side project. But one particular song that I wanted to bring up was you did a cover of the song, That Lucky Old Son. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How in the hell did you decide to pick that song from a 1940s, you know, pop song basically or, or radio song? And <laughs> what does that song mean to you? I mean, it, you did a great job. I just was like, Wait, this is a, this is definitely a cover song. I've heard this song before, but it's like my yeah. grandma played it. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Somebody, I can't remember exactly, but somebody sent a message or something when when that was released, saying, "I think they didn't recognize that it was a cover," and just said, "Wow, that's your best song yet," which cracked <laughs> me up because I didn't write it. Um, so I'll be honest. The first time I heard it was on a brian wilson album from like oh. 10, 10 years ago um brian wilson is a huge influence um in many ways but that album was not one of the best but that song kind of i just kind of liked the melody of it and then uh and then i heard a willie nelson version of it and i was like oh i didn't know willie nelson did it and then it turns out it's an even older song than i thought yeah <laughs> I was um, say, it's been covered a few times but I wasn't yeah. sure where you heard it. I guess the, the, the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson makes the most sense because it's the most vocally similar to Bracket. Yeah. Um, and I think probably the cover was more, I think the, the Willie Nelson's version was a little more um, like in my head when I did that. But, uh, but definitely, yeah. That I, I don't know that I would have heard that song if not for the, the Brian Wilson album that I'm not even sure if I still have that. Uh, <laughs> like I said, he, I respect and love everything he's done, but that, that wasn't, that wasn't my favorite, but yeah. Um, yeah oh, this, uh, yeah. The solo stuff um, has just sort of served as uh, stuff to do where I don't have to think like, okay, this is going to be a bracket song or, um, and just getting more comfortable with recording by myself um, and learning, <laughs> learning how to use the newest Pro Tools yeah. um, software. And um, I feel like the recording and technology side of it's harder than actually playing the stuff. 
Probably. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's equal parts, yeah. equally challenging for me and just yeah. finding time, you know, uh, that's yeah. that it's, it's not as we all, I love my job, but you know, we've, we've for many years said, oh, I wish we could just do this for a living. Wouldn't that yeah. be, wouldn't that be nice? We would be so much more prolific. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of the solo stuff that I've recorded will um, find some of those songs will find their way. Um, I think into in on future things with actually with both bands, I think um, mm -hmm. we might be using one or two songs from there um, on the next bracket record. And I mean, different, you know, just, but just kind of as a, as a, what do you call it? Like a rough draft or an yeah. idea to, and kind of bracket, bracket it up a little bit. Um, and guilty party. We've been playing one of the songs. Um, what I forget what it's called, but it's a, it's one of the waltzy ones. And uh, we just, we started playing it just more straightforward pop punk ish. Gotcha. And, and um three four timing itself. still or what nope okay nope changed it <laughs> not nice. against three four timing in punk I, that's fun but uh, yeah but this it definitely one... sounds more waltzy if you do anything in three four timing though yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i have to ask are you okay to stick around for like just maybe three four more minutes yeah yeah of course perfect so i have to ask about warren's song because it mm -hmm. appears on well, different versions, obviously. There's like 29, I think, now. Um, there was actually even two full albums of Warren songs at this point. Um, right. So, you know, I kind of have to ask because I'm not even sure, like, the narrative anymore. I know it was started from, like, a friend of the band at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, is it still about this Warren person, or is it kind of just more like a metaphor for living through life? And, and what's Warren's relationship to the band? How is it, like, these songs keep cropping up about Warren? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you kind of said it. It became, it sort of became about more just uh, um, not specifically about that person in real life. Um, uh, so yeah, this the the history of Warren uh, goes back to before I was in the band when they were in like elementary school, and yeah, there was a. There's a real guy named Warren who they went to school with or who Zach and I don't know if everybody, anyway, he knew, they knew of him and he, um, I think he got like picked on in school and he was just one of those kids that, that doesn't get treated the same as everyone else. Or, you know, mm -hmm. there was kind of like that kind of stuff. And I don't know how they actually, yeah, I'm probably the worst person to answer this question, but um, I don't know how they, got the idea or you know how they decided to um to do it but those that first album um had two songs and those were definitely i i can't remember the words exactly but those were written like perspective of uh of like a kid you know a yeah. kid being picked on or whatever um and then as you as you see if you listen to the lyrics of the songs as those as those Warren songs add up to like in the twenties, um, it is more just, just about, you know, life or worries or anxieties or difficulties. And, um, so they've become something, uh, just their own thing, nothing to do with the, like I said, with Warren, but, um, yeah. but I think after, I, I don't know at what point the band decided this, but it definitely became a thing that, Oh, it, which one of these new songs is going to be the Warren song. Uh, and, and then, and you know, that was just something that we wanted to do. And it, it, people are interested in it and want to know about it. And it pisses people off sometimes, especially, especially the Requiem album that was all Warren songs and, and all out of order in the numbers. <laughs> um, still get kind of like annoyed comments about why did we do that? Why would, and it's really just because, just, just because. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just was funny. Why does I everything mean, have to be something specific about yeah. the thing? I mean, it's been called a concept album, right? Requiem's a concept album. It's really just, you wrote a bunch of songs and you're like, fuck it, let's just call it all Warren's song and change yeah. the number. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. I mean, those, like I said, you know, we're, we're inspired and excited by doing things musically that are 
different that we think are different or unique or challenging to us. Um, but we also can be inspired by just doing dumb things because it just because just to say that we did it like yeah. uh, the next out al- or not was it the next now I guess two albums later the last, the page, last page yeah um, is a Warren song technically and it's one song and it's like seventy something minutes long. I was listening um, to it today I'm like this is hilarious. <laughs> that is that's the road trip album if you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, the thing is, there's some awesome, like, there's some great guitar work in the middle. Like, you get some, like, heavy riffs in there, too. It's like, you listen yeah. to that album, and you're like, they're they're definitely playing with some stuff here. And it's it's actually really cool to hear that you just put out an album. I mean, it's all digital. I don't think you can even buy it. I'm not sure if you can, but, um, like, as far as physical copies. But I think that between Requiem and The Last Page, people who get mad about that stuff, they're just looking for, like, some answers, right? It's like, just listen to the music. Look, look how good the music is when you listen to it. And, and I think like, you know, what would be a really cool concept album is you take Requiem, you take the last page, you take all the other Warren songs, you put it on a triple album and call it the definitive Warren trilogy album. Well, there's a, there's a cash cow in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and that's like, yeah, we've definitely, we've had people, I mean, I think personally, the last page is my favorite thing that we've done. And, and I can also admit that it's not something that you can sit down and listen to unless you have that much time and you're not going to have to pause it and lose your place or whatever. So we had a lot of people that were (laughs) right. We had a lot of people that were saying like, why didn't you just break it up? Because we had to, we had to weave it together. We, I mean, what took so long other than some kind of musically challenging things and harmonies that we were trying that, you know, it was all, it was very experimental and fun to create. And it also was a total pain in the ass to weave it together to become one uh, because these were all the cats out of the bag. If anyone really thought that we played it, um, I know no one did, but uh, (laughs) you didn't play 70 straight minutes all in one sitting. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) 90 something, um, Pro Tools sessions um, and and deciding how it would fit together the best mm-hmm. that we, you know, to the best of our ability um, and or, you know, like all of that stuff, like wanting things to go from in the same key to the next thing. And uh, it was a huge challenge and a lot of fun. And there were times where we weren't sure we were going to pull it off. And some people may think that we didn't, but um but we're happy with it. And, and it's fun to listen to and remember, you know, all these different things that we, that we, uh, that we stuck on one song or one album, I guess. And I think that in some ways, all of us tried things in a different way because, because you knew if you did this, if, you know, just a weird 30 second song or piece of a song, if it's a total disaster, it's just one little part, you know, and like, yeah. and that, and it just became a part of the whole thing. So I think Ray kind of drummed his butt off um, on certain parts that he was able to, because it was like, okay, this is going to be a 30 second, not that he can't drum his ass off all the time, but, yeah. but I think he, he kind of, he was a little more loose because, you know, you're, it's just like a little short bursts of songs that we were recording and, um, kind of brought something out different, I think, in Marty's songwriting and a little bit of mine and Zach's and um and the way that we played and stuff. So Yeah. I could go on and on. I I very fond of that yeah, it's awesome. album. But I mean I know I know how Ray feels sometimes because I, I play drums, but I play guitar and bass and sing and all that stuff too. But it's like when you have to play the same repetitive thing on drums or like you're playing yeah. it really fast but you're playing it for a long time, you're like why did I do this to myself? Like now I have to play this like often. Yeah. Have, like let's just make it easy on myself. But it's like you always try to give yourself a challenge, but at the same time you're like, I have right. to repeat this again and again. And it's like that's yeah. too tough. <laughs> no, we've we've all felt that in different for different reasons, you know, like yeah. oh all right, we recorded that that three part harmony with a part that's you know too high for any us any of us to sing <laughs> pitch perfect ever again. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, we've had a few people ask if we would ever play the last page um, from front to back or whatever, <laughs> from beginning to end. And we have never done that and we ne- probably never will. But we did 
we did learn about the first like five or six minutes of the song and played it. I think we played it at both of the shows last year. Um, nice. And that was fun. That was like a, it was, it, yeah, it was a different challenge. How interesting because, is that when you have to go back and learn your own music again? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what happens when we only play every few years, but, yeah. but that was something different altogether because that, that record was never, there wasn't a lot of us getting together as a band and working those songs out. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was a fun challenge, I guess, to, um, to, yeah, listen to it and learn, learn those, all those weird changes. And um, I, it turned out good. I think, I don't know if there's any video floating around of that and I don't know if I want to see it, but, <laughs> but that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So not only was Bracket a punk rock pioneer from the nineties, but now they're also the, the punk rock pioneers of virtual recording sessions in the 2000s and 2020s yeah i i guess so that's maybe not the most punk rock thing but (laughs) but maybe we're just redefining what what that what punk rock means maybe you're ahead of the trend i mean kids nowadays do the exact same thing but it's because they can't go to school and they can't practice anymore so you're just giving them something to look forward to you're like hey we've been doing this for like 10 years yeah yeah (laughs) you don't always have to play i mean to at the same time, you know, it's, we obviously wish we all lived in the same city. Uh, You know, it's like, I am thankful. We're all thankful that we've found a way to keep creating music together, even though, even if we don't get to play together all the time. But, um, so that technology does, has allowed us to put out our last few records without, um, having to take, you know, a month off of work to get together. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the sound doesn't change in, in my ear, like cloud eight off of too young to die old is like immediately rocks from that album. And every other song on that album is pretty awesome too. So to be able to do it that way and still come out with a great result, in my opinion, doesn't change how much you guys actually are good at what you do. So I think that's, that's pretty awesome that you guys might not even get a, you know, practice like a normal band normally like go in the right. studio for like three months and then create an album and then, three months later it popped out. It's like, yeah, it might take you five years, but the result is all that matters. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And it obviously, uh, I think it helps. I know it helps that we have played together for so long. We kind of, uh, even if we've tinkered our sound and not every song or album sounds the same, I think that there's some intuitive, um, part of how we learn the songs that you know that we're coming up with and how we're you know i i don't know if i'm making my point but like i think if we send songs to ray with uh you know with some guitars and bass and a click track we he he intuitively kind of knows you know oh this is this would probably work this is how we would play this song yeah um so we so i think we're able to um so he's not coming off. back with like prank drum tracks anymore. He's like, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like he never left. It's just, uh, yeah. So hopefully, um, like I said, we're, we're busy with other musical things and other just life things. But, um, but I, I think people can expect to hear more long slow teasings about a new album um in the coming months and uh and you know we'll we'll see how i i would say now it um it's it's got some things about it that are different from anything else we've ever done and there's also some things that that are familiar and um i would say you know a lot of people like too old to die young and um and you know we're like we're thank you I like it too. I'm not saying I don't, but uh, <laughs> some people like it, not people, me, but other people there, do. <laughs> right. There's there are a few people that like it. Uh, it was, you know, a lot was said about the fact that we were back on fat and it was a little scaled back, you know, experimentally than the last few. And, and that was something we intentionally wanted to do. And it was a different, honestly, like I, I think a lot has been said by us in other interviews, but it was a challenge of of its own to to try to pare things down and and make an album that was 
not pushing every boundary that we could come up with. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was fun. And, and a lot of people appreciated that, I think. Um, and then in some way it's satisfying to hear when people say too old to die young was good, but, but we, you know, I really missed the, the experimental you know, stuff yeah. of the previous albums, because I think we do too. Um, we're happy with everything that we've done. And, and so I would, I would hope, and I would imagine that the, that this next bunch of songs, um, we we're able to, and I think that we, we want to, um, not let, we're not trying, we're not setting out to make, uh, just a straightforward pop punk album. Um, yeah dip into both i'm sure it will it it yeah it definitely will it will be you know it's gonna sound like us but but i but we're not you know i think specifically too old to die young was like let's let's try something a little more straightforward and i think we're just gonna write the songs that we write with this new one and um and see how it sounds Um, but i would love to i would love to you know to get to experiment a little more like we like we were with the previous albums and um yeah, well, and i think i'll look forward we, to it i guarantee whatever year it comes out and it's going to be one of the best <laughs> albums of the year so oh thank you <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much all i got but uh, we'll add some links to the music in the show notes below the episode you have anything else okay. before we go to kind of let everybody know and fans know about anything today or you got pretty much everything uh, out today i think i got everything and more than anyone would ever want to know about us but um <laughs> Uh, Zach and Marty and Ray say hi and thank you and uh, we all want to thank everybody for um, everybody that is still caring and and waiting uh, for sticking around all these years and and just appreciating us for what we are which is one of the slowest moving bands in punk and um, (laughs) and just know that we yeah the, the reason that we keep making music is there are there are a few people that appreciate what we do. And, um, and so thanks to everybody and, and watch out. There might be another um, <laughs> album in the next. Another two city. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, obviously um, look out for Zach's band. Here comes the comet and, and my other band guilty party. Um, Cause we're all, we're all doing, we're all cooking up some musical things i keep saying cooking up i think it's because it's lunchtime but um (laughs) yeah well i do want to thank you angelo for taking the time out of your day i really appreciate it's an awesome conversation and if you haven't checked out their music yet well it's never too late because we'll put those links to the show the music in the show notes below and obviously angelo's solo stuff as well and if you obviously have any links for uh guilty party or uh here uh, was it here comes the comment or waiting for comment here comes the comment yeah comes um, yeah I'll uh, we'll get some of those links into the show notes as well. Sounds good. So awesome. If you guys like what you heard on the show, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. Also, if you want to check out some of our written content or any of the products or merch that we have available, go to poweredbyrock.com to check out our absolutely free rocking blog, where we have album reviews, interviews, and other lists to keep you entertained as well as our gear being by to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you on the next episode until then rock on.